You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. G'day, I'm Marius Jigal. Join us on Is It Relevant Today, where we discuss topics relevant to the time we're living in today. All of our shows also have corresponding YouTube presentations so you can share them with your friends. I hope you have a magnificent day. For local airtimes of Is It Relevant Today, check the schedule at faithfm.com.au. Shout out Marius Jigao. I love his accent. Mm, I've, I've never met the guy in person, but I've heard his <laughs> show and I love his accent so much. He says words like relevant and it's so relevant. And relevant. <laughs> hey, you're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM and we've come into our second hour. As I said at the beginning of the first hour, we're setting for some rain today and I believe the Newcastle University, they have their O-Week starting today and I have a bunch of my friends, they're setting up their stall and they are endeavouring to reach students with the message of Jesus. So shout out those guys and keep them in prayer. Definitely. We've come into the second hour. And of course, Monica, we have to start off with another clue for the quiz. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. What am I? Peter used his sword to remove this from Malchus. Mm. I hope I'm pronouncing Malchus correctly. Peter used his sword to remove this from Malchus. You can win <laughs> uh, two books if you get the, uh, the, the, uh, the quiz right and the prize at the end of the week. One of them is Letters from a Skeptic. Uh, the other one is called Simply Put. Letters from a Skeptic is written by a father and son team, Greg Boyd and Edward Boyd. Mm. So Greg and his father, Ed, were on opposite sides of a great divide. Greg was a newfound Christian, while his father had a long, was a long-time agnostic. Greg offered his father an invitation. Ed could write with any questions, um, could write any questions on Christianity, and his son would offer a response. And, uh, and so this, this book actually contains this special correspondence. The letters tackle some of today's toughest challenges facing Christianity. Uh, definitely worth the read. Mm. Uh, so that's Letters from a Skeptic. You also get one called Simply Put, which is about the 28 Fundamentals. So give us a call, 0491064669, and tell us, what am I? Peter used his sword to remove this from Malchus. If you knew, if you know what, uh, what kind of surgery Peter performed that day, then 0491 <laughs> is the number to call or text. We've got some text coming in here. Firstly, firstly from Feli, she says, good to hear Lyle and the team. And it was great to have Lyle on. We do have to say he is working hard in his new role. Yes. He was up in Kingscliff, then came back down to Newcastle, back up to Kingscliff, back down to New... Like, this guy has been everywhere. He's been on planes that have broken down. Yeah, but that was—he told us just before he came in the studio. I think it was—it was on Friday. They get on the plane and the engines aren't starting, so they have to get a compressor and jump start the plane. Mm-hmm. You know, which you can imagine. Like I have cables in the back of my car to jump start my car, but for the plane, it was like a compressor the size of a van. Yeah, and then they're sitting there, and then the brakes broke, and then the brakes broke, mm-hmm. and it's leaking fluid onto the runway, and so they had to get into a different plane. He didn't get back till late, so. He is working hard, he is getting it done, and his job is essentially organising how can I send people, in for North New South Wales, how can I send people into communities to share the Word of God? Amen. What projects can I help that share the Word of God? That is his whole deal. That is what evangelism it's been is. It's his passion since day dot. And yeah. it has been, and it's fantastic that is, is, he is in that role. We have some more text messages here from Braden. He says... Oh, by the way, can I just mention, Lyle's still on radio. He's on, he is. Was it Thursday afternoon? 
Mm. Yeah, so if you loved here in Lyle, having him back, he's on at 5 o'clock on Thursday afternoons. He does the question of the day segment, but mm. now as a full show, because people love sending in their Bible questions, and he will mm. continue to answer your Bible questions. Send them send them in whenever you think about them. Don't just wait till Thursday, 5 p.m. Send them all the time and just say, I have a question for Lyle, mm-hmm. and we will save it up. And, uh, and and hit Lyle over the head with it at 5pm on Thursday. Well, <laughs> he comes towards the end of the show because before then, you got producer Shell serving up the tunes. Yeah. Just getting Ooh, it done. Yeah, yeah. So tune in on Thursday afternoons. Text message from Brayden here. It is, he says, it is the self-worth that hits for me, gaining self-worth by murdering babies. Yeah, yeah right. I, I thought, thought the that, same thing. Dude, we, we were thinking it. Lyle was just talking so much so he couldn't get in and talk about it. That's why he has his own the, show now. It's like this ritual yeah. of mm-hmm. abortion enables mm-hmm. self-worth. It is one of the biggest factors that le- the reason we recommend we give out the lifeline number mm-hmm. is because people with that history struggle so much, much. with yeah. self-worth it, d- it like destroys them yeah yeah it, it, the thing that really blew me away was that you know when, we, when you read the bible and any account of history really and you read about uh cultures where they were into human sacrifice especially in the bible you see that the mm. god often destroyed those um those nations that were sacrificing their own babies and here you have the satanic bible uh, satanic church who is so openly saying that they support human sacrifice through the form of um, abortion and we're just celebrating it as a, as a, as a society and it's like what like this is the kind of stuff that you, it's, it's archaic and it, mm. we used to be destroyed for this and here we are uplifting it like that's how far we've degraded ourselves yeah oh, and it's just mind of course we are sympathetic to the situation and, and we, mm. we say this every time we talk about abortion yeah. we've talked about all different aspects and and we have a range of of beliefs, but we try to put our beliefs in the Word of God, mm. and we are all about the love of Christ. Yeah, uh, we're all about supporting women. We're all about women's rights. But yeah, people think it's all about the support of the baby, but actually, if you do some research, the the woman who gets the abortion ends up having mm. like a lot of mental health issues coming her way. So it's it's the best thing for the woman. We're in support of women here. That's right, and it, it's interesting. The text goes on to say from Braiding. I dare them to find one woman that can honestly say they felt better about themselves after an abortion, which is to say that the choice to have an abortion is the only the beginning of a journey for a woman mm-hmm. that choose that path. Mm-hmm. Um, and as much as I disagree with abortion, women should be supported if they have made that choice, but more importantly, given support and alternatives to abortion. And I think that that very Amen. much sums up what we believe here yeah. at Faith FM. Yep. Uh, it continues, good. unfortunately, even knowing how satanic some music is, this is from Braden as well in regards to what we're talking about, uh, the Grammys, um, Sam Smith, Kim Petras, Unholy, uh, and the beliefs of the musicians, it won't change most people's habits. There is such people in Christian music spheres as well. And, oh, man, isn't that the truth? Mm. You know something to be wrong, but who can deliver us from this body of death? Music, I think music is such a big part of our life. It's something that we do enjoy. We do like to participate in, yet simultaneously we are, we, because of, yeah, the navigating that we have to do within the music field, it it can just make it very, very difficult to even enjoy music and then you can find yourself going down the wrong path. And I don't know, I feel like I have a whole testimony there in my own life. But hey, we've had lots of people write in with the correct answer. Suzanne, Deanne, Raphael, Sky writes in with the correct answer, then puts a question mark in there. It's like, is this the right answer? 
Sky? Yes, it was. Uh, Sky Rolls writes in, Hi, Team FIA, random fact, apparently mushrooms have similar I, I, DNA I, I to humans. I was going to say, is this mushroom sky? <laughs> but it says, random fact, apparently mushrooms have similar DNA to humans, about 50%. Well, there you go, Sky. Another reason not to eat them. It's cannibalism. Thought Mon would like that. I did like that. I like that a lot. We, <laughs> we can be friends again. And shout out Chris as well, who has texted in with the correct answer. Guys, good text, good thoughts. If you have anything else to say, and we would like you to say it, 0491-064-669, that is the number to call or text with any thoughts. But right now, we're going to get into what the Word of God says. We've been looking at our 20 million movement lesson for this quarter, starting from the beginning of January. It has been, the, the topic has been managing for the master. Amen. And it's in regards to the things that we own, the things that we have, our means, what God has blessed us with. And today we're actually going to be looking at something that Jesus said that is answering a really important aspect of money and the economy, and that is poverty. Oh. You know, what What does the Bible say about poverty? What does the Bible say about people who are stricken by poverty? What do what does the Bible say about yeah this this thing that is an issue and has been has been a hot topic for I think the entirety of Earth's existence, but yeah. particularly now because we live in such a connected Earth, and we can look at the different ways that each different country has what lengths they have gone to and what methods they have gone to to solve this problem. Mm-hmm. In in fact, it has been this this particular question how do people solve poverty has driven so much of the political discourse wars everything that has happened particularly over the last couple of centuries i think Mm -hmm. for all of time Mm -hmm. but you can say okay let's use australia as an example modern day australia they say okay poverty exists what's our problem well we will tax those who have means and we, we live in a capitalistic society where people have the ability to go out and make their money but once they make their money, we'll tax those to have that have means to, you know, and that taxation will be used to support government, build roads, all of those kinds of things. But uh, there's a there's a portion of that tax that goes towards supporting those in poverty, welfare, and that we call that welfare. We we have the Centrelink system here in Australia that sends money out to, you know, a pension out to those who are in need of funds. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. Then we have, let's say, let's look at, well, okay, that's the Australian model. What about the model uh, that led to the creation of Australia? That uh, model was, okay, so you're in, the, you're in England mm-hmm. in the 1600s, 1700s. Mm-hmm. You see that your country is full of poor people. What do you do to solve that problem? Well, anyone who does any minor crime, just send them to Australia on a boat. Yeah. Just just chuck them on a boat and put them in Australia. And those crimes often resulting from poverty. They yeah. stole a loaf of bread because their family's starving to death. Yeah. Chuck them on the boat. First they create send, the criminals and then they punish them. That's right. Send them out. Get them, <laughs> send them to Australia. That is how we'll so- solve poor people. But it was the biggest blunder that England has ever made ever because Australia is so much better than England. <laughs> <laughs> 
like, shout out English people, you guys, you guys fumbled big time. You're like, oh, we're going to send all the poor people to one of the most naturally resource rich countries in uh, the uh, areas in the world, uh, and now they are one of the the most and now all the well off come here country. Let's get out of their miserable weather. I think I sent you a meme recently. It was like every two weeks, you know, someone yes. from Ireland <laughs> comes over. It comes over to Australia on a working gap year. Like, they, they don't want to live there anymore. They it's fumbled so hard. True. They fumbled hard. They fumbled hard. Uh, but if we look at some other countries, so recently I've been spending time in uh, in Melbourne, and the majority of my time spent in Melbourne has been with non-Caucasians, and mm. specifically I've been spending lots of time with Chinese. You know, I was hanging out down there, going to Chinese New Year, saying Gong Shi Fa Tai, spending time with Chinese people, uh, and and the majority of Chinese that I spent down t- time with down there are actually Christian Chinese, but then also lots of non-Christian Chinese people that I'd meet out in the city and in the, you know, different communities and whatnot. I had a fantastic time down there getting to know them. But I had a conversation uh, with a girl down there about schooling in oh, China. Okay. And the school system in China is so interesting. The best schools in China are the government schools, public schools. Okay. So in Australia, essentially, the system is government schools or, or public schools are usually the most modestly funded schools mm. for those they're free for those who can't afford education that is you know higher end or private yep. and that people can you know, it's easier to get into government schools versus private schools and 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 yeah we, they provide education through that in China you have a different system this is the system in China the public schools have the best teachers and they're the best schools, but they're the most difficult to get into. Oh, okay. So, so everyone is doing their entrance exams to get into the public schools and the best, like the government schools, and the best students get in. Okay. Then those who are worse academically, mm-hmm. they have the options to go to private schools. And then those who are worse than them, but who don't have the means to go to private schools, they just get no education. Wow. The, the environment that it creates is that those coming from difficult environments, poor environments will work incredibly hard to become educated. Mm-hmm. And as a result, they'll be hardworking mm-hmm. and they'll benefit off the government system and then work for the government itself. Gotcha. So those who are from richer families, they can coast a bit. You know, they can, they can chill. They can, they can hang out during their school years because then they can just go to a private school and graduate from their private school and go to an international university. But it's this real kind of a lottery system that you work for essentially for poorer people, low socioeconomic people in China. And that's why you have that culture of really pushing parents, really pushing their kids hard in China to become educated because that's their only shot at success. Their family might come from, you know, lines of blue collar work, whatever it may be. And it's like, but Hey, you have the ability to get a free education and the best education in China. If you work hard enough, it almost makes it feel like the private schools are like, Set up like it's almost like a charity. That's right. Like we'll take care of the ones that get left behind, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, but they're the private schools aren't for the ones that get left behind. The ones that get left behind then stay in blue collar jobs, serving the rest of China. And so that's essentially you can see through their schooling. It's like okay, this is how we deal with the problem of poverty. Mm-hmm. Those who are smart enough and work hard enough can get out of it. Everyone else can stay there. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, th- this is this is what we see, and then there's something interesting to say about that. There's a saying in China: it's like wealth only lasts three generations. As a result of they have a, this this culture over there of spoiling their kids, and, and it's it's a really really interesting dynamic that I think would be great to talk about. But it's not within the scope of our Bible study this morning. Now the question is though: okay, we see all these different countries dealing with these different problems, and and then you can go to other countries where they're just like poor people, we'll just kill them, like that's, that's, yeah, well, you know yeah. we we'll just kill them, we'll just uh, we'll just enslave them. Um, well, and oh, even communism, right? Marxism yeah, is like is like oh, the poor people will eat the rich. They will bring violence against the rich to overthrow the bourgeoisie, take everything they have, and then just distribute it equally. Yep. And that has caused like hundreds of years of pain. Yeah, that's what we've seen. Those wars have been fought over in the twentieth century, and to this day, you know, we went to Ethiopia in two thousand nineteen, and they've just finished a civil war that was a result of communism Mm -hmm. and the push for socialism within that country so all of these things happening all over the world now and and throughout history the question is well what does what solution does the bible give to to poverty what does the bible say about poverty and there are a number of laws that the bible give within the old testament in regards to poverty but i think the bible hasn't even by the time jesus comes and we're looking at the succession of the jewish people the the israelites by the Gentiles that would come later by the church as a result of the Gentiles' rejection of Jesus, he makes the solution to poverty a little bit more personal. Let's go to Matthew chapter 25. Got your Bible there, Monica. We're going to read through Matthew chapter 25. And uh, this is within, you know, Jesus is uh, giving prophecies of the end time in Matthew 24. We come to Matthew 25. He's giving the parable of the wise and the foolish virgins, uh, which is essentially, essentially saying, you know, dividing those who will make it to heaven and those who won't. And in that parable as well, the wise and the foolish virgins, it's talking specifically about people who claim to believe in Jesus and follow him. And you see one side, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. They follow Jesus in everything he does and everywhere they go. The other side, they have the Bible. They have the knowledge. They're waiting for him to come back, but they neglect to receive the Holy Spirit. They neglect to follow him. And as a result... They don't make it. Then Jesus starts to give some practical advice. You know, he's giving a very conceptual parable using these different symbols that we have to go through and decipher to really get deep into it and understand. But then by the time we get to the to the last portion of Matthew 25, he just starts to make it clear. He's just like, hey, guys, this is important to me. Like, if, if you're thinking, oh, well, what should I do as a, as a follower of Jesus? This is. Uh, so if you could read Matthew 25, and we'll start in verse 31, and we'll just start to make our way through, Monica. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you as the creation of the world. We'll just stop there. Um, yeah, I love this verse so much. Praise mm. God. You know, we're talking about poverty and we're talking about the different classes that people could live in and the different lives they could lead. And particularly with all the tragedies happening in the world right now, it's like <laughs> we're talking about these buildings collapsing mm. and falling down. But he says here, Come inherit a kingdom in which the foundations were made from creation. Amen. That that's what God is offering us. It's not not uh, silver or gold or collapsing buildings or hurt or pain. He's offering us something so much better. Uh, but let's continue on. Uh, just start reading in verse thirty-five. 
For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you a drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Mm, Amazing. Let's stop there. So Jesus gives very practical, clear, easy to understand advice that we can fully use as a litmus Mm. test of, oh, well, what is it that Jesus is requiring of me to make it? into the kingdom of heaven. I feel like the first part of Matthew 25, it's like, well, the first thing is to have a connection with Jesus. But then what is it? What is the outcome of that connection? What does that look like? And it starts to go through here and give some different aspects. We're going to get into it. We're going to dive in deep and see what they are and how they can apply to our lives. And, and importantly, another question, you know, should they be legislated? We've been talking about world systems. Interesting stuff. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Right across Australia, wherever you are, and we're going to have for today a final clue for the quiz, for the prize this week. This quiz clue is a sentence that has a word removed. It's about a blank space. So it's a dangerous quiz clue. Yes. I I always get nervous when I do these ones. What am I? (coughs) Excuse me. No eye has seen, no blank has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Tell us what that blank word is supposed to be and you'll be in the prize. (laughs) This is the the easiest clue we've ever done. If you know what things here, Mm -hmm. Mm 0491-06, if you know a body part... Does the work hearing. of hearing zero four nine one zero six four six six nine guys? We are giving you a layup here. <laughs> yeah. That's a that's a basketball term. It's like a layup is where you stand right under the basket and just throw the ball in. That's what we're doing for you right now. There's no defense. <laughs> just, just, just right there, it. get just it. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call or text. Of course, you can win our amazing prizes. Simply put, and letters from a skeptic as well. You are listening. To the breakfast show we've been talking about poverty yeah how to deal with it what god says but i think as we've been observing you know it starts here it says you know the king will accept the sheep those who are accepted says come you know you fed me when i was in need you clothed me when i was in need you f- visited me in prison when i was in need then those who are righteous say well when did we do this to you lord and they said well when you visited the least of these mm-hmm. though when you visited others You did it to me. What is so interesting about this passage is that it is so personal. The word you is written so much throughout this. It doesn't say they. It doesn't say, it doesn't refer to a group. The church. It doesn't, like, although he's talking to those who are saved, he is talking to the individual Mm -hmm. as well. I, I am so passionate about the idea that the only successful ministry is personal ministry. Amen. We are a radio show. Mm-hmm. We are media. And you could say, well, media is not personal ministry. I, I, In a way, I agree with you. 
Like, we are a media. And the same as you can look at all the great media out there, AWR, Amazing Facts, Light Bearers, you know, making media, making books, doing all these things to reach people. These, this right now, what you're listening to is a tool that is to be used for you to then go and personally minister to others. Amen. In my experience, as someone who I've been a Christian for almost seven years now, coming up on, on the perfect number very soon. I've been a Christian for almost seven years. Uh, I've been working in ministry for the majority of that time. The only success that I have had in the entirety of my ministry, the only time that I have seen people baptized is when I personally engage with them, mm-hmm. when I become their friends, when I help or support them. And I read this and it says, yeah, for when I was hungry, you gave me food. This is putting the responsibility on the individual, on on the individual, on us. Yeah. This is so clearly our calling. So, you know, when we think about, oh, how do we solve the problem of poverty? And we talk about, well, this government has this system and this government has this system and this, you know, this group does this. Well, I, I'm all for those groups and those governments doing those things. And I think that these are, you know, things that can be helped throughout legislation. I believe it's the government's right and duty to support those in need. But when we are thinking about, okay, how does God want us to manage for the master? How are we to manage the things that we have? And we have this side of poverty. How do we manage what we have to be a blessing to those? It Again, it puts the onus onto the individual, onto the person themselves, onto you and I and everyone who is listening to go out of our way to say, well, let's support those people. And it's, it's interesting. It says hungry responds with food, thirsty responds with water, uh, nakedness responds with clothing, in prison responds with visitation. It's not just talking about money here, but it's talking about holistically because we can see very clearly that there are so many needs. There are so many needs that people have. And um, if I can share a quick story with you, Monica. Basically, guys like this. I uh, I was working at the Newcastle University last year. I was working there as, as a... doing some work with the chaplaincy department, but but I was there as Bible worker trying to reach people with the message of Jesus. I walk into O-Week at the beginning of last year, and I see these two guys wearing University of Arkansas shirts. I walk up to them and say, Hey, University of Arkansas, you guys must be internationals. And they say, Lawson, you're the first person to pronounce that right all day because it's spelled <laughs> Arkansas, right? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and I start a conversation with them and uh, it, it leads to, you know, I get their numbers and whatnot. I hit them up. Hey, come along to our care group. You know, you can meet people. We do Friday night food and we have a Bible study as well. And I, I ascertain from my conversation with them that they're Christians. Uh, but, you know, they were kind of in interesting places in their work, walk with God's, but I, I was like, hey, you should come along. And, and then they came and they made friends and all of a sudden they had companionship at a place to eat good, healthy food. Mm-hmm. They're Americans. That's, they're not exposed to that a lot, uh, but they, <laughs> they were able to come and eat good, healthy healthy food. And, and then uh, they came to church the next day. It was a blessing to them. Uh, but then I was thinking, man, these guys, they've just moved into their accommodation. They're coming from the States. I talked to them. They're, they're here on scholarship as well. And I was like, oh, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do to to give them a good time. You know, they don't know anywhere in Newcastle. They don't drive. I'm like, oh, let me let me take them out for the day. And so I took them. We saw the beach and whatnot. And then we went to a pizza restaurant, the most expensive pizza restaurant in Newcastle because I wanted to take them somewhere nice. And we ate pizza together. And it's one of those places, you know, get the bill at the end. 
Uh, it's a real restaurant. And I decided, I'm like, we, we had ordered like almost $100 worth of pizza. There was four of us. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine this mean of at least $25 of pizza. So very expensive uh, for me. But I was like, oh, this is, this is, you know, they're students. This is the least I can do. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, hey, guys, it's all good. I'll cover it. You guys are students. I work a job. And they're like, really? And I'm like, yeah. And from that day forward, from, from that day forward, we, we had this brothership, this friendship, and I got to see those guys through, give them Bible studies all the way till they ended up, they were baptized. Oh, praise uh, the Lord. And they, they became followers of Jesus. So there's $100 you ever spent. That's right. The <laughs> yeah, investment anyway. there was $100 in yeah. my time. And I'm not sharing that to tell you, oh, wow, like look at how charitable Lawson mm. is. Simultaneously, I had an experience last week. I, um, I, I took my friend to go buy a car and we bought this car and then they were really appreciative. So they, they took me to lunch. They're like, oh, Lawson, let me, let me get lunch for you so that we can, uh, you know, because you helped me buy this car. And uh, we're eating and this homeless woman walks in what I can assume to be a homeless woman who was, who was very clearly intoxicated uh, and under the influence. And she comes in and she's asking for free food and whatnot. And honestly, I was sitting there, I was thinking, wow, like what a, what a, what a nuisance. Mm. And uh, the person running the shop, they were an international and they're like, yeah, look, we, 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 we don't have free food. Like you can't do this. And, and the lady, she was being like quite, obnoxious and kind of an annoying and the guy was like oh you know like we, we can't we can't give you free food and and so she ended up leaving and i was i was there and i'm like oh man that I, I was i was personally annoyed by the situation i was mm-hmm. like oh man that that lady like what is she doing and then this other woman just sitting there she's like oh couldn't you have given them a spring given her a spring roll at least like wow, she's in such a bad situation, such a desperate situation. Like she's clearly on drugs. And I was so convicted. Mm. I was so convicted. I was smashed. I was like, wow, I looked at this lady, the least of these, and I thought, get out of here. What are you doing? And those are the people in which Jesus, like at the very least, I'm not going to give her money because I don't know where that money's going. But at the very least, I could have bought her food. I could have taken her to the coals beside this shop and and got her something. And I was reminded, wow, I need Jesus to be able to be used by him to, to live out his will. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. We don't have clues for the quiz we have got answers, answers. but before we do the answer i just want to read satan has become a growing force in the 60 years i have been here he is he has not long it is a time uh, we must call on god he will be there thank you lord absolutely mm-hmm. and then finally uh we've got here from Braden. he said i would still miss a layup in basketball and that's called short person syndrome <laughs> And it's something that I also suffer from. Short kings. When you when you watch when you watch the NBA, mm-hmm. and like because I they they just like when they, if they get under the basket they just they just they just throw it in. They just like because they just need to put their hand up and the ball's already in their hoop. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas I'm I'm actually better further away from oh. the hoop than closer because <laughs> when I'm under it then I'm like 
uh, I'm yeah, too sure. Get around the, the That's right. That's it. right. But hey, what is the answer for our quiz today? The answer is ear, like the ear on the sides of the your head. The ear that you have yes. on your head. What you're using to listen to our radio show with. That's right. So uh, in the Bible, it says, um, if I said, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, I would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. Uh, Moses ordained Aaron when he took the blood of a ram and put it on Aaron's thumb, toe, and ear, and all was pushed through ears to keep slaves. Peter used his sword to remove Malchus's ear. No eye has seen, no ear has heard was the missing word. No mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Well done to all those who played and, and, uh, and got it correct. Now, we were, during the break, after our last segment of Bible study, I was mm. I told a story about how I felt particularly convicted. I was, I was in a situation where I had the opportunity <clears throat> where I believe I could have been used by God mm-hmm. as someone to serve the least of ye- these, and I didn't take that opportunity, and I was really convicted. And I'm like, man, I need to check myself, you know, check my heaven status, because it's, <laughs> that's what the Bible says is required of those who are you know, filled with the Holy Spirit, following Jesus. You know, mm-hmm. that's the outcome. But we kind of had a little bit of a, a little bit of a discussion after the song started playing about how potentially it's not always the best idea. And yeah, sharing. we got off fair, and I just said, look, I, I, I disagree to some extent with what you've just said because you know, if a person is drunk and disorderly and um, behaving inappropriately in public, there is you know this this issue of enablement. And I told a story about how I. Um, was also witnessing to a, a, a young guy who I was friends with and, uh, and he unfortunately chose to go back onto drugs and he was living in a, essentially a drug house and just every day was cooking his brains and I was trying to figure out ways to help him and I didn't want to give him money because, you know, you, you don't want him to go and spend money on drugs. And so I, I did what you just suggested. I went and I bought him food and I got him some bags of groceries and a couple of hours after I delivered them, he sent me a message just mocking Christianity and saying, thanks for doing my grocery shopping. Now I don't have to p- use my money to pay for food. Now I can have more money to, to, to buy drugs. And so mm. it's. It, I think it can be a really sticky situation for how Christians can help. I certainly think that we shouldn't stop helping. We do need to help, but we need to be careful about how it is we do it sometimes. Like, you know, are we potentially enabling is there a charity or an organization that has been set up that can better help and is more qualified to do it? And is mm. it more effective to assist by supporting those charities like ADRA and you know, this kind of thing? Um, so, yes, yeah, so I, uh, I, I suppose because I've had my fingers burnt so many times, it's sure. not, that's not just the only time, but I, 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 don't know if, I don't know if that makes me cynical or just makes me, um, I don't know, like a little bit smarter about how I go about it. But, mm. yeah, I, I, do, I do think Christians have, can have a hard time knowing when do we do this serving of the that's least right. and how do we go about doing it. And there's a balance, definitely, where you see in one sense uh, Jesus telling the disciples that he's sending out in Luke chapter 10, like, shake them off like the dust of your feet. You know, if Mm -hmm. if you go to their city, they reject your message, leave, get out, go somewhere else. Uh, Whereas simultaneously we have Jesus saying, turn Turn the other other cheek. cheek. Yeah, and Uh, hand over your coat, you know. Bless those who persecute Mm -hmm. you. Uh, So we're in a bit of a situation where ultimately – we need God. Yeah, I think if you stay connected to God and you follow That's his right. leading in the moment, like, you know, the, the Lord will prompt you. I'm also a huge fan of foundations and things that are set up to support people in this situation Absolutely. because they definitely take that into account. And mm-hmm. I, I've i also been, and many people have been, burnt by yeah. the, uh, the beggar, you know, the mm-hmm. choosing beggar. Mm-hmm. Uh, you try to help them, you try to give them and be with them and then all of a sudden your help's not good enough and they're not appreciative and everything you tried to do actually it feels like what was even the point of doing that yeah but 
there's there's a there's a saying that I've uh, that I've come up with recently. Mm-hmm. All right. And I actually this is uh, this is four words that I tell every single uh, Bible worker, every single person who is trying to share their faith in Jesus with someone. The question is, oh well, what if they don't accept me? What if they reject me? And there's these four words that I share with them. The first two is, who cares? Because <laughs> often it makes people Amen. get a bit self-conscious mm-hmm. yep. and, and struggle. It's like, who cares? You tried. Amen. You lived up to your Christian duty by doing everything. Now you can be you can be knocking on a on a on a shut door. Mm-hmm. You can you can be beating a dead horse, and and, and it's a very difficult situation. You need discernment from the Lord, but I, I believe he'll definitely he'll definitely help us. Guys, thank you for listening. Thank you, Monica, for coming oh, in. Thanks for having me, y'all. While Blake is, you know, in the the snowy areas of Finland, traveling around, getting stuck, freezing, hopefully not to death. Uh, <laughs> we pray for him. But hey, right now, remember to talk faith, to live faith, to act faith, and you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.